It is Wednesday, November 15th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. A new, old number one in college football. And a brawl in San Francisco. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. There's a new number one in college football. Draymond amongst three players tossed from the Warriors-T-Wolves game. And Shohei Otani rejects his qualifying offer from the Angels. What is the Vegas lead? Eliminated the Angels from <laughs> the Angels Shohei Otani. have been eliminated. Yes, I yes. think you're right. Now, let's talk about the college football playoff rankings, which were unveiled last night. And we have a new old Number one, as Georgia has overtaken Ohio State as the top team in the country, something that should have happened a couple of weeks ago when they did the first incarnation. First uh, incarnation is that the iteration? Word iteration. Okay. What's the difference between an incarnation and an iteration? An iteration is a repeat repetition of anything. You could have an iteration of this sentence. An incarnation is something coming back to life. You, you could use it as a metaphor for anything, but that's the difference. Yeah, well, I like that word. It's nice. It sounds like carnation, like a flower, yeah. but you know, you put the N in front Carne, of it. like meat or life. Yeah. Carnivals. Sure. Yeah. That's why you're here, McKenzie. So, <laughs> etymologies. <laughs> Georgia, the number one team in the nation. Ohio State is number two. The rest of the top seven, eight states. Top eight stay stays the same. The same. Michigan three, Florida State four, Washington five. Those are your undefeated teams. And then Oregon six, Texas seven, Alabama eight. Hello, Missouri, up to number nine, up five spots to number nine, and Louisville cracking the top 10, AJ. And au revoir to Penn State and Ole Miss falling out of the top 10. Uh, I don't know that there's any big surprise here. Uh, everybody seemed to hold serve. Uh, you know, I, I think Georgia, what they've done the last two weeks, you have to take notice. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they beat, um, they beat a, a really good Missouri team. Obviously, I mean, Missouri jumped right back up into the top 10. Yeah. Um, and then they absolutely thumped Ole Miss in a game that I thought Ole Miss was maybe going to be able to contend with them. Uh, Georgia is playing their best football of the season right now. It's at the best time. Meanwhile, you know, Ohio State, we've been we've been waiting for Ohio State to impress all year. And. Uh, you know, Ohio State beating Michigan State by 35 points isn't going to – that's not going to open any eyes. Like, we think back to the the games where Ohio State's had a real opponent across from them, and they, they won by three against Notre Dame, and they won by eight against Penn State. And that's the two teams they've played with a pulse. So I think the, the committee was looking for a reason to push Georgia ahead of them, mm-hmm. and, and they got it. So uh, no, no, no real shock that Georgia's the number one team in the country. Yeah, and look, we know that this is going to play itself out. Ohio State, Michigan will play each other, and we, I like to call those quarterfinal games. Yeah. You know, for everyone that wants, like, we need an expanded playoff field, then yes, we'll have a 12-team field next year, but my argument has always been, we have an expanded playoffs. Like these it's games, called the regular season. Yes, these games are expanded. <laughs> yeah. Ohio State, Michigan is a quarterfinal. Congratulations, Washington, Oregon. If those two teams line up in the Pac-12 title game, that's a quarterfinal game. Yep. And guess what? If they don't line up in the Pac-12 title game, that means one of them's eliminated. Yeah. So these teams will eliminate themselves, and it will be down to probably five teams at the most for four spots. Yeah, I, I think that you'll hear. Well, 
here's one exception where it might be more than that. If Louisville, as a one-loss team, was to beat Florida State in the ACC championship, eliminated, they'd be. ACC's I agree, they'd yes. be eliminated, but they'd say we're a one-loss conference. Doesn't champion, matter, just like Oregon okay. and just it, like Texas. He's not a good conference this year. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. So uh, that's that's the people. In who fact, will. that's the best thing that the that the committee could hope for. Oh, absolutely. Is if they, Louisville is if Louisville beats Florida State. I'm telling you now, the committee wishes Florida State would stub their toe. Yes, because I think. Every Everyone kind of realizes that Florida State, and you know what? I think they might think the same thing about Washington. They feel kind of phony. Like they feel like, I don't know that anyone would say, I think Florida State and or Washington have a real chance to win the national championship. Like, I, I, I would think they do. I would agree with you in this respect. If Oregon would have won that game against Washington, Oregon would be probably four and Florida State would be five. But Washington wouldn't be in the top 10. I agree. So Oregon losing that game to Washington. Uh, they'd be in the top 10 because they'd still have one loss. I, and well, Oregon State's got two losses, and Oregon State's number 11. So maybe maybe they'd be number 10. Yeah. But they wouldn't be like it is now where Washington's five and Oregon's six. Yeah. It no, I agree be, It wouldn't that. be Oregon five and Washington six. Certainly not. So I think that, yeah, if Washington was to lose, that would be great. The committee would be like, fine, we got Oregon. Yeah. We got the national brand. We got Bo Nix, the eventual Heisman winner. Everyone's happy. And I got news. Oregon's going to be favored by probably just short of a touchdown when they when they play Washington, assuming they play Washington yep. on a neutral. And if Washington loses before then, it might be more than a touchdown. But Oregon's going to be a, a considerable favorite in this game. So – the, the committee is the, Florida State and Washington. The committee would love to be done with because are we, are we going to that game, by the way? way. I don't know. Oregon, Washington, probably not. It's here. I mean, why not? We should just go. I don't like to go out. Right. <laughs> Do we get a suite this time? <laughs> Hell, there's a suite on the horizon. Yeah, yeah I, can, you, I can try. Mackenzie has been spoiled by your uh, by your 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 brother getting us good seats, but <laughs> um, now I, I I just think that. I think that there's some teams that are hanging around, and like you said, it's eventually going to work itself out. These teams are going to fall to the wayside or not. So you think Louisville can't make it? So you think 20 to 1, not a great bet? I don't think so. Wasted money. So. I think you're right. I, I think it is wasted The, the money. real question is minus 10,000. Is that a good bet on the no? To win 100? Probably not. Probably. Maybe. Not. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't bet 10,000 to win 100. I, I honestly think the best bet on the board right now, and, and we're going to completely disagree on this, but I think the best bet on the board right now is Alabama. Alabama's plus 650. Like, Alabama, if they beat Georgia, they're in the college football playoff. Oh, to win the title they're plus Yeah, to win the title. Okay. I think I'd rather bet them plus 160 to make the playoff. I would rather bet them plus 160 to make the playoff, although... You still got to beat Georgia. Give me the... Give me money the, line's going to be plus 160. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, they're probably going to be two-and-a-half-point dogs to, or maybe two-point dogs to Georgia. Like, uh, At least. Yeah. And then you count in that they've got to win some games. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think the, the committee is going to be presented, and I really think it's headed towards this, the committee is going to be presented with a, a conundrum because I believe they're... If Alabama beats Georgia... Mm -hmm. Because I believe there's going to be an undefeated Big Ten champion and there's going to be an undefeated Florida State that are in. And if Alabama beats Georgia, it throws a massive wrench because then you're going to, in, in the scenario I'm talking about, Oregon wins the Pac-12 with one loss. Alabama is a one-loss SEC champion and Texas is a one-loss Big 12 champion. Hmm. Most seasons... Oh, I, I, I even hesitate to say that most seasons Texas would be the one left out. But 
because Texas is such a big brand, the committee does not want to leave them out. But Alabama's not getting left out if they win the SEC. I, it's I think, not happening. I don't think an SEC champion can be left out uh, yeah. if you're letting one loss team Especially in. with what they did yesterday by putting Georgia at number one, which would mean Alabama would have a win over the number one team yeah, in the nation in the SEC it, championship game. Think about it historically. Georgia won two national championships. It yeah. went for a third and lost to Alabama. What'd they do? Oh, it's they the played first, in the eighth you know, Rose it was Bowl. The first, yeah. It'd be the first loss Georgia's had in like almost four years. Yeah, 29 <laughs> games or something. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I agree that Alabama would be in, but I don't think the committee can put Alabama in without also putting Texas in. Which would leave Oregon out. Which would leave Oregon I, out. I feel like and they I think, can. Do you remember the year that Penn State got in? Well, which Penn State did not get in despite winning the Big Ten, and Ohio State got to the college World playoff when they didn't even play in their conference championship game? They lost two games. Penn State lost two games. But they won their conference championship, and they beat Ohio State head-to-head. Oh, that's the only game Ohio State lost. They're never going to put a two-loss team over it's a one-loss team. I understand. It's never conference. happened. The two-loss team has never made the college World playoff. I understand But we're that. talking one-loss teams but that, but with that, head-to-head. But that was a moment where the committee told us, and they flat-out said it in press conferences, the head-to-head doesn't matter. Well, because it, 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 it doesn't. It's not the only loss. thing that matters. But it, yeah, it's not the only thing that matters. But when there's when both teams have one loss, mm-hmm. what would the be head the head has to matter? What would be the argument for Oregon, Oregon over Texas, who is going to be in in the conference with the team they already beat in Alabama? It's just that in. you would have That's the argument. You'd have Oregon, hopefully, in for their case, avenging their only loss to Washington and beating everybody on their schedule and having. Thought maybe the Heisman Trophy winner in Bo Nix and looking like one of the best teams in the country. Here's what I would say. Remember, it's also eye test too. It's how you look. It's see that's the, see that's what it comes down to for me. Style points. It's it's exactly it's how you win these games. And let's say Texas, you know, or, 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 let's say if Texas barely gets by, let's say Oklahoma State in the Big Ten, Big Twelve title game, they win in overtime, they win by a last second field goal, whatever. Alabama blows out Georgia in the SEC championship game, and Oregon blows out Washington in the Pac-12 championship game, that's fresh in their minds. And the committee members are going to vote for that. They they have made it clear that playing a non-conference schedule with meaningful games matters. Oregon's best non-conference win was an eight-point win at Texas Tech, Mm -hmm. a game they struggled in. Texas went to Alabama – and beat them by double digits in their building. Like, if if you say that that doesn't I will matter. Give you this. I'll give you this, okay? The Texas game against Texas Tech will matter then. It should. Of course it should. Because you're going to look at the common opponent between Oregon and Texas, and you're going to say, hmm, you know, Texas struggled at home against Texas Tech, and Oregon went on, you know, on the road to Texas Tech and won by eight. So I, I had think, to come back in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think, but it doesn't matter. It's the results. I think if Texas blows out Texas Tech, it obviously looks better for them comparing them to Oregon, yeah. right? I mean, this is what style points is, how it looks and how we remember yeah. it. Yeah. I think AJ's right for this reason. Why would Texas ever schedule that game again? Like, you don't ever schedule it again. If you go through all your games, you lose one. And because you beat Alabama, it doesn't give you anything. Why even take the risk then? Why even take the risk? That's what I'm saying. And again, like, Oregon not only. That was their best non-conference game was at Texas Tech. Their other two were like one was an FCS school. The other one was Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Like they, they went the the easiest non-conference schedule you can potentially have is what they put together. And then you're going to say, well, the team that went to Alabama and won, we're not going to reward them for that. I just don't see a world where that happens. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Who do you I guys will, think is the better team? Oregon is the better really? team. Okay. I will say this. Yeah, I, 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 Oregon might be better than than both of those other yeah. teams. I will say this. I, I just hope Florida State loses. <laughs> I mean, it would make everything a lot easier. I agree. Because an undefeated Florida State, Florida State doesn't look to me like a college football playoff team. The record says yes, but they do not look like a college football I agree. playoff team. Would they be dogs that all these teams that we're talking about besides Louisville? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, they, they, I think they'd be favored over Washington. Okay. Or it'd, it'd be, Who, it'd be a touchdown close, dog on a neutral to Oregon. It'd be close to a, to a coin flip. But, I yeah. mean, it might be like a, a point, something like that, over Washington. Um, but, yeah, Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, Bama, Ohio State, Florida right now, State, they're all favored. Right now, if we look at PFF has their power rankings. So if we look at their point spread power rankings – uh, Florida State would be dogs to Texas, Ohio State, Alabama, Michigan, and Georgia, and they'd be one, about one point favorites over, over Washington. Washington. Yeah. What's interesting? And then you get to what's the interesting? Spot, what's interesting is sense. they have they have Florida State at twenty six point five and Oregon at twenty two point eight. Can I book their power rating? I would book. I don't know that anything right about now. college football, if but I get, trust AJ enough to know that Oregon's not four points worse. Yeah, than you want to give me? You want to give me Oregon plus four against Florida State on a neutral? I have or- – oh, yes, I would take it. I have Oregon uh, minus five on a neutral. Nine yes. points of difference for that, PFF. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I think Vegas agrees with you, AJ. So well, It's called pro football focus. Uh, <laughs> it's not CFF. But I, I, either way, yeah. And this is – at some point, though, like it, it, when you asked it, who's the best team, like I, I do think – I think Oregon's better than, than – I have Oregon power rated higher than Texas and Alabama. But – at the same time, the schedule has to matter at some point, mm-hmm. or otherwise, why do you play it? And, That's and why we why, play the games? Why did schedule? Think about this: if Alabama hadn't scheduled Texas, right, they'd, they'd be unbeaten be right yeah, now, right. And, yeah. and then there wouldn't even be a discussion. Mm-hmm. But that game has to matter; like it matters for. But it, I think that you look at they're going to look at Alabama and they're going to say Alabama was a different team in week two than they are now. They were getting things figured out with their quarterback situation, and now look at what look at the way that Milrose looked over the past. You. We but talked it, on the college football pod, AJ. You're talking about him as a dark horse Heisman candidate. I, I am. And that's what, the is, committee members, that's what the committee members are going to look at anyway. We're saying it doesn't matter. Alabama has to win out, and if they do, they're in, and if they're they in. don't, yes, they're out. They're so, in. like, the, the style points don't matter, but they've I, earned the opportunity to try. I think what's wild is if Alabama – had Alabama beat Texas, we would be talking about the loser of the SEC Al- championship getting in. Anyway. Getting in. Right. Yeah. Right. That's why that Texas game has to matter. Yeah. That's that's why it has to matter because if if Alabama had won that game, mm-hmm. they could afford a loss and still be considered yep. one of the four best teams. All right, AJ, we had three games in Maction last night. Break down what we saw. Toledo, 10 and 1, 7 and 0 in the MAC. They were 10-point favorites at Bowling Green. Uh, it, it took Everything for them to come back and win this game. They win 32-31 at BG. 15-3, they outscored them in the fourth quarter. This was a game that they, I mean, they were on their way to losing this thing uh, until they got a touchdown. They got the go-ahead touchdown with 145 to go. A 59-yard pass from Daquan Quinn wins it for Toledo in what would have been a, a pretty rough loss uh, for the Rockets. Northern Illinois, 24. Western Michigan, 0. And Akron in double overtime, Comes up just short against Eastern Michigan, 30-27 in a matchup of two of the worst schools in the country. Today, 
We got two more MAC games. Central Michigan is at Ohio. Ohio laying 11, which feels like a lot of points for Ohio, a team I don't really trust. And Miami of Ohio laying eight and a half, hosting Buffalo. So with a win tonight, Miami of Ohio would clinch the Eastern Division of the MAC, and they would line themselves up to play Toledo, who has long since clinched the West uh, in the MAC as they are seven and zero in conference. And Miami of Ohio five and one in conference, and they lost to Toledo twenty one seventeen earlier. So you get a nice little rematch there in Detroit. Yes, sir. And Ohio, they need Miami of Ohio to lose, and they need some help. Uh, yeah, it, it's not going to happen. Miami of Ohio clinches it tonight. I, I think they do. So uh, there, there you go. That's your latest for the MAC, and hopefully we've got a MAC championship game set tomorrow. Big NFL news, boys. The Jets have cut third string running back Michael Carter. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's so much, much promise. Yeah, yeah. Week two last year. That's the biggest story in the NFL. Uh, you know what this means? I mean, I'm firing up Israel Abanaconda props. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that's, that's real good. I'm looking at <laughs> Now, uh, in all seriousness, though, the big story is in the AFC East where the Bills have fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, but just tying a bow around the Jets here. The Jets had a players As if only... we were talking about the Jets in any way. <laughs> well, I said Michael Carter, but they had a players-only meeting yesterday to kind of clear the air, and then they waved Michael Carter. I wonder if, like, Michael huh. Carter said something yeah. in the meeting. <laughs> he had, he had and, like grunt at the wrong time. And, like, Garrett Wilson <laughs> was just like, we got to get this guy out of here, dude. Like, whatever. But Garrett Wilson was a guest on uh, ESPN New York and said, quote, the guys talked, and we had the floor. It was just us. We got to make sure that we're on the same page about where we're at and how the hell we get out of this funk, man. That was really the message. When it comes from one of your teammates, it always hits different. It always resonates a little bit more, end quote. The Jets are losing games that they have chances to win in. I think if the season's just done, like they're not going to make the playoffs. But if they would have won the last two games, which were two winnable games, I truly believe that Aaron Rodgers would be back next month and that the Jets would be in a playoff push. It's hilarious you said that because you heard on the broadcast, the beginning of that Raiders game, they're like, middle of December, Rodgers says he can make it. And then they lose. And then he goes on Pat McAfee like, I'm going to join the team in December. We're going to, you know, I'm just, you know, nothing's crazy. I know a lot yeah. of people take a couple of years, but mm-hmm. I'm going to take six or eight months. No. It didn't sound like he was coming back right no, away. No, not also. at all. But if the Jets, let's say they won the last two games against the Chargers and the Raiders, and instead of four and five, they're sitting here at what, six and, th- six and uh, three? Yeah. And they're right in the thick of things in that AFC wildcard picture. Would have been nice. Rodgers would be playing against the Dolphins on December 17th. Like, that, that, yeah. that, that's what probably would have happened. But anyway, that's enough for the Jets. Let's talk about your Bills, AJ. Ken Dorsey out after the offense has uh, struggled. Is it the offense struggling, or is it just Josh Allen throwing turnovers? I, I don't know. They haven't scored more than 24 since week four, which is a weird stat because 24 is like a fine number. Yeah, like they if, did if it the, Jets would, the Jets would love to score 24 <laughs> right? points. <laughs> yeah. yeah, listen, this is uh, – obviously, you're right. It is fine for what most teams are comfortable with, but the Bills – I mean, they're paying for a high-powered offense. They sure, believe yeah. they should have a higher-powered offense. And uh, in the last few weeks, really going back to that London game, things things have not been good really on either side of the ball. But Sean McDermott's in charge of the defensive side. He's starting to feel some heat. I think he felt like he had to make a move. And uh, I, I don't think Ken Dorsey was the reason why Josh Allen was throwing picks. I, actually, I like Ken Dorsey as an offensive coordinator. I think he was good. Uh, I, I think this is McDermott trying to, you know, keep his head above water and k- take heat off of him. 
Remember they when they lost Brian Dayball and then Leslie Frazier left? Like it was, yeah. you know, he had these experienced guys. Now he doesn't have those anymore. I learned in Washington, unfortunately, that the NFL head coaching position is as much as anything telling a story, being the head of PR for your franchise. What What's the story you tell right now? You have a 33% chance to make the playoffs and you probably have the most, you know, one of the top five most talented teams in the league. So, yeah, he's feeling a lot of pressure. It makes sense you'd need to – uh, you th- let, me, let me ask you this. Do you think the Trayvon Diggs comments influenced this at all? Talking about heat, saying that the best player, your brother, should be out of Buffalo, which he said on, online. Yeah. The I, next day the head offensive coordinator is gone? It seems like not a quince. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think what you – fr- I mean, that's certainly a frustration. I think Stefan Diggs is frustrated, but – Stefan Diggs always seems to have something to complain about. Yeah, like, that's true. So I, I yeah, this know. summer he was mad through. If yeah. they could, I, I, I love Stefan Diggs. If they could trade him for a player that had like ninety percent of his talent, yeah. and just always shut up, <laughs> I would do that in a heartbeat. But it, yeah. it, it, it's not, it's not possible. Mike Evans, yeah. Oh, I, I, absolutely. Uh, but the, here's the deal: what you said earlier is they've got a thirty-three percent chance to make the playoffs. They have a top five quarterback in the league. Easily, that's yeah. that is an undebatable fact. And if what whatever you think about the interceptions, have they been problematic? Of course. Even with the interceptions, by every statistical metric, he's a top five quarterback in the mm-hmm. NFL. And it's not just this year. Not yeah. like he's having an off good year. Like he's he's this good every year, if not better. And they're they're sitting at five hundred. Uh, you know that's that's unacceptable. So. On that in in that metric, you have to say, well, yeah, there's something going on with the offense because we can't be we can't have a top five yeah. quarterback. Even and if your defense fades, you think after ten games you should have won more than five. A- absolutely, they, they've they've lost games that they should have never lost. Uh, they shouldn't have lost the Jets game. They shouldn't have lost the Jags game. You you absolutely can't lose the Patriots game. Um, it, the, those games come back. They they start to add up. And it, and if they would have won one of those, right. fl- the Bills haven't lost a game by a, a more than six points all season yeah like every game it's like it's it's down to the wire and they you know they've lost more than they've won this year uh in those close games and had they won one or two more of those you know when we're, if they're sitting at seven and three no one's worried no, no one's panicking yeah. it's like well yeah josh isn't playing as well as he has been but they're seven and three it's all right. gonna they're work waiting out for the playoffs the, to turn it on it, right now there's and listen the the truth is they've lost some games to bad teams like the patriots are a a bad team by every metric. Mm-hmm. Uh, losing to the Broncos at home, you can't have those losses. Uh, you know the Bengals, the Jags, those are okay losses. At the Jets, it's not the end of the world. The 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 Broncos, the Patriots, this you can't lose those types of games and keep your job. There's not enough wiggle room because the schedule gets tough down the stretch. Or everybody I, can't keep their job. Some people can keep their yeah, job. Yeah, everybody can't. <laughs> Something's got to happen. And I, I'm curious how this affects the offense immediately. Joe Brady has been a coordinator before in the yep. NFL and failed miserably. And got, he was the hottest name in football after LSU. Yeah, he was the guy who was the mastermind, the passing game coordinator during Joe Burrow's national mm-hmm. title mm-hmm. Heisman year. And he was I, – I don't know if you could have found anybody that would have taken a bet that he wouldn't be a head coach right. in the next three or four years. The first step to that was being the OC at Carolina and, again, in maybe a situation where he was a little bit scapegoated by oh, the, yeah, the CEO. Matt Rule said, enough, he's gone. And We only ran 48% of the time. Not, <laughs> in, my, not in my franchise. Not here we don't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I'm curious. Uh, Joe Brady, what I do know is he's got a good relationship with Josh Allen. They, they get along well. 
that doesn't necessarily mean he's good at his job. I know that Nathaniel Hackett and, and Aaron Rodgers are, are buds. It doesn't, mean, <laughs> it doesn't mean he's a good OC. Uh, so we'll see. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how it works out. But what I do know is the, the offense can't be a whole lot worse than it's been the last few weeks. So uh, this if it's a spark – and then it's uh, it's time to light the fire. Yeah, you're right. And the Vegas market has responded. They expect them to get perked up. It was six and a half yesterday. Bill's favorite next week, hosting New York. And now it's a clean seven. That's a big line move onto a key number. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Keep it going, boys. Another loss for the Clippers. James Harden <laughs> on the team. The Nuggets win 111-108 last night. NBA in-season tournament group play. And for those of you keeping score at home, the Clippers still have not won a game since acquiring James Harden. McKenzie, this was uh, a close game. It's only a three-point win for the yeah. Nuggets. Uh, what Was this a better version of the Clippers last night? Yes, you have to say so. It was a better version of Harden. Made more sense. They seemed very motivated. I mean, John Hollinger tweeted this. They were going to be out of the tournament. One of these teams, the Nuggets were 0-1-1, the Clippers were 0-1-1, one minute to go, tie game. As, as, as much as you can ask for as an NBA fan, I think the Clippers you know, gave us a show. Most teams don't go to Denver right these days and win. I know they didn't have Jamal Murray, but yeah, they covered. It was their first cover with James Harden. It's a slight step in the right direction, 
but it's still six straight losses. Baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps. <laughs> Elsewhere, the Sixers fall for the first time on their home floor. They lose to the Pacers 132-126 despite 39-12 and from Joel Embiid. And Tyrese Maxey, a guy who, Mackenzie, you were talking about as a possible MVP candidate, Pretty good game, 27 points, but not a good shooting night. Nine of 23 from the field. The better Tyrese last night was Halliburton, who finished with 33 points. Zero turnovers. That makes it now, I've, last time I saw the graphic, it was 35 straight assists without a turnover. That's incredible. They're 7-4. and four. They're one of, one of the better teams versus expectations so far this season. And the line in this game, somebody knows something. We talk about on the Market Report pod with Fez and RJ, these line moves in the recent years of the NFL were like, what happened? Why? Who knew something? This line was five, and it made perfect sense in the middle of the day. Joel Embiid was questionable. He wasn't going to play. They were eight-point favorites. Now they were five-point favorites because Joel Embiid wasn't going to play, or maybe there was a slight chance he would play. Then he's announced in. The line goes to five and a half. It seems like the most mispriced line just a week ago. Same two teams played. Sixers were eight, and it moved two and a half points off complete air. Somebody knew something. The Pacers were the better team, led throughout. It was close in the fourth quarter, but uh, a, lot of, a lot of guys cash, and a lot of guys bet the Sixers because their computers told, told them to. I was lucky I was able to avoid it. We had a marquee matchup of rookies, and well, second-year rookies, technically. Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembenyama. Holmgren gets the win, 123-87. The Thunder beat the Spurs. If you're looking at the uh, stat line, Wemby finished with just eight points on four of 15 shooting. Chet Holmgren just nine points on three of 10 shooting. Who won this battle, McKenzie? Chet Holmgren. It wasn't close. I mean, I know you can't say look at the scoreboard in a team game when we're talking about individual performance, but Wemby looked completely lost the entire game. Minus 31 does not uh, – it tells the truth. And five turnovers again for a guy that gets doesn't, doesn't get any assists, got two assists, that's a pretty bad ratio. So this he, it was a bad game for Wemby. He's had one amazing, can't believe it, this guy's going to be a future Hall of Famer, 38-point performance. Other than that, he hasn't been there. But the Thunder, this is exactly what we talked about. In the season, Chet Holmgren is an efficient cog in a really exciting young team. Plus 30, almost the exact opposite. And yeah, he looked great. He didn't shoot well, but uh, the Thunder looked great. All, I mean, this was uh, Kyrie Williams' first game back. They just look like a squad with too many guys, and Chet Holmgren fits right in perfectly like a glove. And elsewhere, the Timberwolves, a 104-101 win over the Warriors. Fireworks in this game as uh, several players were ejected after a scuffle. What went down, McKenzie? Immediately. There's four misses to start the game. It's like a really weird, cagey game. I got the Wolves. Immediately, it doesn't seem like it comes from anything. Clay Thompson and Jalen Vanderbilt get into a scuffle. doesn't seem like much even then. I know Clay Thompson had his, rip, ripped, had his rip, shirt ripped, but I don't think anyone gets suspended at that point. Then Draymond Green. Maybe he's a Dennis Rodman fan who used to wrestle on the side during the <laughs> NBA season. Didn't even wait till the summer. Takes Grobert in a chokehold that was... A lot of funny memes on Instagram. I don't know if it's funny. I don't know if we should promote violence. But, yeah, he's going to be gone for a couple games. He should be. I bet against the Warriors because I didn't think Draymond Green and Klay Thompson had their heads in the game. You could say I got lucky. Maybe it was exactly what the handicap should have been. And uh, if anything, this might actually spark the the Warriors to try more of their bench players. They had their rookie, the 19th pick. I'm going to call him uh, P. Boldy. Until I learn how to pronounce the name. Podzinski. Podzinski. Brandon yes. Podzinski. Being from Chicago, I should absolutely be able to pronounce that. But he was the first warrior, and Sarge actually joined him in this game, to score 20 points at any point this season other than Steph Curry. They needed someone like that to be a rotation guy. It hasn't been Wiggins. It hasn't been Looney. It hasn't been Kaminga. hasn't been Chris Paul. 
Uh, he looked like a spark. Uh, Curry was going crazy on the bench every time he did anything. I think he's going to be a piece of the Warriors' future. This, this uh, he's a guy. Last year in college, I was like a you know I was a, f- a fan. We actually saw. Oh him yeah, play. we saw him live, and I didn't know. We, we saw him play uh, in the, uh, the the WCC championship in the game. suite. Um, but yeah, I, I hadn't heard much of his name, and then I I saw him. I was watching the game uh, last night, and just saw him going off, yeah. and I was like, wow. And this was a great lesson in nowhere. live betting the NBA because it was my immediate thought that. There's someone on the Warriors that is very excited right now that they're going to get a lot of opportunity. And the Wolves are not going to be that excited about winning versus a depleted Warriors team. If Mm -hmm. anything, it becomes a chore versus it becomes a celebration of winning in San Francisco. It went from, and before the game, it was minus three Timberwolves, minus ten and a half in some spots on the live line. Wow. When it was 0-0 on the clock. So they moved it seven points off complete air. I mean, that's just an overreaction. Draymond Green, Clay Thompson haven't been playing well. The replacements are in a seven-point downgrade. Not even close. Interesting. I, sh- I mean, I'm kind of mad at myself because I, I won the one bet, but that's a perfect hedge opportunity. As Fez always says, professional bettors always bet a little back on the other side. Yep. Uh, elsewhere, the Lakers remain undefeated at home this year. 134-107 win over the Grizzlies. Anthony Davis, 19 points and 11 boards. So updating the NBA play-in tournament standings. Again, group play games every Tuesday and Friday in the month of November. The Pacers... Tops of Group A at 2-0, the Heat 2-0 in Group B, the Celtics 1-0 on top of Group C. The Nets are 2-1, but the Celtics have a 0 in that loss column. The Lakers and Jazz are both 2-0 in the Western Conference Group A, the Nuggets 2-0 in Group B in the West, and the Timberwolves 2-0 in Group C, I misspoke earlier. I said the Nuggets had lost their first game. I'm not why sure. <laughs> why I thought that, but when John Hunter said they were t- playing for their lives with one minute to go, I figured they had both lost their first game. But no, like I said, tough to win in Denver. They look like the uh, clear, clear favorite to win Group B. Taking a look at tonight's schedule, the Mavericks five and a half point favorites at the Wizards. The Hawks one and a half point favorites at home against the Knicks. The Celtics four and a half point road favorites against the Sixers. Mackenzie, I'll get your thoughts on this in just a moment. The Bucks are at the Raptors. Milwaukee minus four and a half. Bulls two and a half point home favorites against the Magic. The Timberwolves at the Suns. Phoenix laying five and a half. The Kings are at the Lakers, LA minus one and a half, LA five and zero at home, as we mentioned. And the Cavs, nine and a half point favorites at the Blazers. So here's my thought on the game that probably not NBA fans should be the most interested in from a title conference perspective. That would be the Celtics 76ers. The Sixers only second loss they suffered on Tuesday night. So they're in a revenge spot. The Celtics, they haven't made, lost many times this season. One big one was at Philadelphia a couple weeks ago, so they're in a revenge spot. It all speaks to me like another playoff atmosphere, defense. We saw that in their first matchup of the season, only 209 points scored. That's where I would look again. Problem is, they've already dropped the total from 227 where it was in that game to now only 223 and a half. So unfortunately, it's just a lean for me, but I expect a very intense matchup. And uh, I, if it goes up a point, I might, I might end up playing the other couple key matchups last night in college hoops. Duke got a 74-65 win in the State Farm Champions Classic over Michigan State. Uh, and the the other half of that game, or the other half of that series, was the much more exciting one. Kansas and Kentucky, and this was a game of some wild swings. Kansas jumped out to a 9-0 lead. Mind you, I've got Kansas minus 5.5, mm-hmm. so uh, I was pretty excited with a great start. Kansas fell asleep then, and at one point in the second half was trailing 58-44. to 44. Things are going downhill 
until Hunter Dickinson said enough. The Michigan transfer absolutely dominant in this game. 27 points, 21 rebounds. Kansas comes roaring back and wins by five, Mm. not by Mm. six, which was sad for me, but it was a fantastic college basketball game. Uh, Elsewhere, I left some money on the table, unfortunately. I, I mentioned this on yesterday's show. I said, I don't know the status of Tyler Kolick from Marquette. Uh, up to yesterday around game time, I was reading, uh, he's very debatable. He's got a bum ankle. I wanted to back Marquette as dogs on the road. Shock a smart 65% ATS mm. as a road dog. Of course, Tyler Kolick plays 24 points and six rebounds, a dominant performance, and Marquette wins outright 71-64. So uh, unfortunate that I did not have a piece of that. Elsewhere in the top 25, Tennessee got an 82-61 win. They score 80 every game. Yeah. It's amazing. It's about right. Yeah. Uh, UConn, 87-53 winners. We talked about they couldn't cover the 41 and a half. Come on, <laughs> boys. Uh, Florida Atlantic, 157 winners Pretty over sure Eastern cover. Michigan. That's a cover. Texas A&M, win and cover. 79-66 on the road at SMU. Alabama, 102. South Alabama, 46. Mm. Absolute crush job. Gonzaga, 123-57 winners over Eastern Oregon. Colorado, 106. Milwaukee, 79. Creighton, 92-84 winners over Iowa. That's an Iowa cover for those keeping track at home. Baylor, 99. The Kansas City Ruse, 61. And an upset in the top 25. UC Irvine, 70. USC, 60. Wow. Only one game on the top 25 schedule tonight. That is the Rice Owls going to the Moody Center in Austin. They take on the Texas Longhorns. Texas favored by 20 and a half. I leave the horns here. I, well, listen, JT Daniels should be able to throw for no, some touchdowns this and Rice is, should cover 20 and a half. This right? is a basketball match. Oh. Uh, the worst thing about Texas so far this season has been they've been turnover prone. Luckily, Rice, not a team that turns you over. Athleticism, they should just be able to dominate, dominate on the boards. And Rice defensively just isn't going to have much for Texas in this game. So Texas should be able to name their number. Early in the season, it seems like this Texas team wants to get out and and make some statements. So I think they do that today. On the ice last night, our Vegas Golden Knights came up short in D.C., losing 3-0 to the Capitals. Uh, You know, listen, Charlie Lindgren's been playing very well in net. He made 35 saves last night. Logan Thompson, you know, 28 saves, but this was a trip that was about Vegas going to the White House. I think maybe they just uh, didn't take it. To, I don't want to say they took it lightly, but it's a weird trip. You know? To be fair, it was one to nothing with a minute left in yeah, the game. Yeah, a couple and of they got some empty yeah, netters. So still, it's just, just a bad offensive night for the uh, for or the Or just a very good night from Charlie Lindgren in net. The Penguins, one of the hottest teams in hockey right now, five straight wins. They've scored 30 goals in these five games. Like they are playing incredible hockey. Sidney Crosby with a hat trick last night. I tweeted out this dude still has stuff left in the tank. And if you remember, there was a time during the Dream Pod many, many months ago, my first bet I gave out for the upcoming NHL season when the trade was made and Eric Carlson was acquired by the Pittsburgh Penguins, I said Pittsburgh minus 200 to make the playoffs. They missed the playoffs last year for the first time in eternity. They acquired one of the best offensive defensive players in all of hockey, Crosby's going to come back motivated, Malkin motivated. This team's going to be a dangerous team this coming season. Five straight wins now, 8-6-0 uh, on the season. 
Penguins look really, really good. Uh, elsewhere, the Sharks back to their losing ways. They fall 5-3 to the Panthers. So after their two straight wins, they've lost three straight games, allowing 14 goals and only scoring four. So those are my shocks. Let's take a look at the short schedule for tonight. It includes a TNT doubleheader, which starts with the Flyers at the Hurricanes. Carolina's minus 250. I got to be honest. Philly is a feisty team this year, and they are scoring a ton of goals. They're also allowing a ton of goals. I think the overs a play here, which is contradictory to what really Carolina is. Carolina is an under team. They play incredible defense. They get solid goaltending, and they don't allow shots on goal. But the way that Philly plays, I actually think lends itself to the over. So I think if Philly wins, it's going to be because it's a high-scoring game. And if Philly loses, it's going to be because they just collapse defensively and allow a ton of goals. So I actually like the over tonight between the Flyers and the Hurricanes. In addition to the over, it sounds like you might encourage a correlated parlay here. Yeah, I don't hate the Flyers. I actually think the Flyers have been really good in the first period of games this year. So maybe taking plus a half a goal in the first period with the Flyers seems interesting. I mean, you just said like the definition of correlation parlay. If Philly wins, it's going to be an over game. Yes. So do we bet it that way? Do you believe in what you say? Yeah, yeah, but if I think if if Carolina wins, it could be over as well because I said oh, okay. if, if Philly wins, it's because they're scoring a you lot just, of goals. So you feel most strongly about the over. Yes, sense. and if okay. Carolina wins, it's because Philly allows a ton of goals. So I'll tell you this: the winning team in this game scores five. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. How about that? So you get you one of those uh, options. You know, bet the <laughs> team and, yes. the, and over. Yes, it works. Uh, the Kraken are at the Oilers. Edmonton minus one eighty-five. Edmonton won their first game. Under their new uh, head coach, Chris Knobloch, who took over for the fire, Jay Woodcroft. Uh, this is a rematch of a game we saw really a couple of days ago when the Oilers beat the Kraken 4-1. That was the last game under Jay Woodcroft. Uh, Zach Hyman had a hat-trick in that game. He scored three goals. Then they beat the Islanders 4-1. to uh, Side note with the Oilers, Leon Dreisaitl fined $5,000 for a trip that he had the other night. They deemed it a dangerous trip. But I think the Oilers are starting. They're a team that they were a preseason favorite to win the Stanley Cup, one of the favorites. The expected numbers say that the results should be a lot better than what they are. If you look at them analytically, I think they're a team that's going to go on a run now. And maybe they just needed a new voice in the dressing room. Sometimes that's all it takes. Uh, elsewhere, the Ducks are at the Avalanche, Colorado minus 290. This is the second of a back-to-back for Anaheim. Not a good uh, thing to do on, on the season. It's not good for teams on the second of back-to-back, especially against a Colorado team that's playing really well at home, a Colorado team that's coming off of a, a 5-1 win against the Kraken, and you're playing at elevation on the second night of a back-to-back or altitude on the second night of a back-to-back. Usually not good for the road team. So Colorado, a minus Incarnation? two. Incarnation? No, Ele- elevation. Iteration. Ele- uh, another iteration uh, of elevation. Avalanche, two in a row. minus 290. <laughs> it, it makes sense. And then the second game of the TNT doubleheader, the Islanders at the Canucks. Vancouver, minus 155. Vancouver, 5-0-1 at home this season. 11-3-1. What a tremendous start to the season they have had. This is the continuation of the Islanders, uh, Canadian, Western Canadian, Pacific Northwest road trip, if you will. Uh, they lose in Edmonton. Now they go to Vancouver. The Islanders really in a free fall right now. Five straight losses, and they've allowed four or more goals in all five games.
If you guys want to purchase anything from pregame.com, we're going to give you a little discount. How about $15 to save at pregame.com using our promo code PICK15. Pick 15, get your $15 off for you, the listeners of this podcast. Whether it's a daily best bet package, which are priced at $25 or fewer, you can take $15 off of that or take $15 off a a seven-day all-access or a weekend all-access or maybe a subscription plan. Whatever you'd like, $15 off. It's 15 to spend at pregame.com using the promo code PICK15. For AJ Hoffman and Mackenzie Rivers, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM. 